always identify somewhere to grow. Sometimes it happens and sometimes you have to go looking for it, but I think you can always find a way. The better I know my teammates, the more I'm likely to roll over and die for them rather than just um, let that ball go off the sideline. Hello and welcome to the Track Record Podcast. What does it take to win? Each and every episode, we're asking that very question to leading performers in sport and business. And this week, we have a leading performer in the world of business, uh, Helen Beerton. She's the Chief Banking Officer at Starling Bank. Having spent the last 24 years in banking, she certainly knows a thing or two in that world, having been one of the top 50 customer experiences professionals in this country, according to Market Week's uh, CX50 list, twice appearing in 2019 and 2020. And not just that, but she's also an Olympian, having uh, represented Great Britain for archery in Athens Olympic Games in 2004. And we've also got the women's, uh, England women's netball player, um, uh, Serena Guthrie. She is, of course, um, if anybody saw that incredible match, uh, winning the Commonwealth Games in 2018, it was one of the most oh, exciting games you can possibly imagine. And of course, Serena, Serena as the captain was... Um, absolutely at the forefront of winning that. Alongside that, she's also uh, just recently uh, qualified as a leadership coach as well. So we're looking forward to being able to um, just really hear uh, what's been going on for Serena, what's been going on for Helen, but more importantly, the, the huge crossover between them. We spoke to you guys earlier this week. You're both living the dream uh, just basically um, living your passion through your job. And it would, it would just be lovely to hear from the both of you, what does that feel like? What does it feel like to be able to turn up and just like, just kind of express your passion through, through your work? And I'm just going to go straight to you, Helen, put you on the spot. I think it just feels very rewarding and very empowering and uh, and just great fun, I think as well. I think I feel very lucky that it's great fun. So I guess for me, I, I'd i always had an interest in financial services from the point of view of the customer, like financial services is critical to everybody. Um, having a healthy financial life is important. Um, it's important for mental health um, and it's important to help you achieve your, your own goals. And I just really wanted, I think, Financial services can feel really complex and difficult, but actually, um, if you can help make it really easy and help people understand their finances, then you can make a real difference to people. And I love that I'm able to work in an area that makes a difference to people and to businesses and that we're able to help help them succeed, really. That's it's just it's so rewarding. And I get to work with a fantastic group of people as well. We've got some some really excellent people and I just love going to work every day and and coming up with those ideas. So yeah, really lucky. Amazing. And Serena, how, do, how does it feel for you? Um, well, something that really resonated with me there actually is the, is the making a difference and, and, and helping, you know, improve other people's lives. And I think that's the one thing that I really love about the fact I get to step out on court and work with different people of all ages. I'm the old girl now, so a lot of youngsters. And, um, you know, the, the thing that drives me, especially at the moment, is just how much you can learn from the people that you work with. 
For me, it's just easy to get out of bed in the morning because I love what I do, I love the people I work with, I love the fact that I'm constantly stepping out into a challenging environment that I suppose it challenges me physically and mentally and it's that whole kind of holistic feel to, to netball and being a professional athlete I absolutely love. Um, you know, you can have a, a good day in the office physically but in your head you'd be all over the place like, God, how did I perform well when I've not been feeling that great and vice versa and I think that for me that always leaves space for improvement there is no there is no perfect game there is no perfect day and, and for me that's quite a big driver yeah and presuming it's not luck for you both that you found yourselves there on purpose Helen I'm intrigued how, how did you get there like what's what's been the journey for you to be able to go yeah more of that less of that I love that and and to find yourself here I think um I think there's been a, f a few things. The, f the first thing is I I followed what I was really interested in and what I enjoyed. So I think um, I think if you if, if you to what Serena's saying, if you enjoy it, it's easy to get out of bed every day and feel like you want to do what you're doing. Um, and then for me, it was also then about identifying what I needed to learn along the way. So for me to work in financial services, I, I needed to understand. The spectrum of it so I needed to understand the regulations the different products how the banks make money you know I, I knew I needed to understand as much of it as possible so I, I kind of pretty much in the early days really set out with that learning objective like absorb as much as I can and then um, really uh, talking to people and connecting with people so that I I could identify where the opportunities were and what would help me. And, and definitely I've had some really incredible mentors along the way who've helped point me in the right direction. And then hard work, I guess, really, because like just constantly wanting to improve and constantly wanting to do do my best. I think I had, I had an ambition in mind, but I didn't know I would end up here, if that makes sense. I just kept working really hard at it and taking each step at a time and then... And then it all eventually fell into place, I guess. Mm. It really strikes me that, um, funnily enough, we uh, on our track record club, we send out uh, Friday emails about specific things that we look at. And this week's about super strengths. And it sounds very much that that is the thing that you've been able to identify and, and almost kind of find a way of being able to, to find a, an environment in which to kind of express that. How, how did you figure out what you loved but also what is it that you do love what what do you think your super strength is that you've been able to develop into a career um i think i think what i really love is is solving problems and uh, i'm very driven by taking something that's quite can be perceived as quite complex and making it as simple as possible mm. and and i think that that that's what's really really driven me so um something Serena said that that resonated is I like to challenge myself and, and learn something new every day and then that helps me to to translate it into that that simple solution for a customer and um and financial services for me I I just find it really fascinating I know that's <laughs> I know that not everybody does glad someone does yeah <laughs> but I really do I love I love understanding how I love understanding how bank accounts work and how savings work and how mortgages work and how loans. Like I love under, understanding the underlying details of it and uh, and how the finances work. 
but then I love being able to explain what that means to, to somebody and how you can make that really make a difference to somebody's life. Um, I don't know if I'm explaining it very well, David. Yeah, no, I, just, I really, love, I just like love yeah. getting into the detail of it. Yeah. And how about you, Serena? Like you've you've been, as you said, you've been doing this a while. How do you keep that same sense of passion around it and that same motivation when you're doing effectively the same thing? You could think um, many times a day for um, many years. So what is it that you've managed to identify that keeps that feeling alive? Yeah, so for me, um, I suppose it's a little bit similar with, with you, Helen, as well. It's just to do with people, you know, and actually being around people. It's it, like, I just, I love um, like that, the curiosity of the day of, of meeting new teammates of each year. You know, you might find a little gem of a, of a youngster come in or someone who's decided to retire and come back. And, and that fascinates me, I think, you know, in terms of not just my own journey and kind of why I do it, but also finding out why other people are there because I affect how successful they could be because in a team sport it's not just about you and I think that's something I've learned over the years and something that I probably didn't realize till I started to get a little bit older is you know why am I actually here now because you, you started out as this young kid running around on a court with your friends on a Sunday and you want to try and almost harness and keep that energy and that innocence I suppose of why you love something in the first place but it's you know sometimes you do lose that when it does become your job and it can be quite tough so I think for me kind of trying to go back to finding that energy now I am a little bit older combined with understanding why the people are there really motivates me to want to try and be the best I can be I suppose and and it's all about the people um and yeah that's yeah that's pretty much all it has really come down to for me over the years I love going to training because I just want to get to know my teammates a bit more they think I'm a bit weird to be honest with you because I'm that (laughs) I'm that athlete that kind of comes over go hey how are you how many brothers and sisters have you got what's your favorite color and they're like whoa (laughs) I've only just met you and it's like I just want to know sorry you know I'm not going to pull back it's just how I am and um it helps me perform on court the better I know my teammates the more I'm likely to roll over and die for them rather than just um, let that ball go off the sideline and that, that's just how, how I operate I suppose yeah and what is it that, that that gives you you know just that background information why does that equal I'm willing to do anything for you as a teammate I think for me it means that person's willing to open up to me to trust me with with information and sensitive information sometimes as well and I really respect that when someone comes to me and wants to share something um, maybe a bit similar to your clients Helen you know if they come and say hey I've got this situation I've got you know I'm not doing so great in this area you go right okay wow it's amazing that someone wants to share that with you so yeah. I, I take it um, I really respect it and it's something I take really seriously as, as an athlete and I suppose that's something that maybe makes me a little bit different to, to some of my, my other teammates um, but once my teammates understand that why I'm asking, it's actually helped me form some extremely strong friendships um, and great connections on court in, in my line of work, which is kind of what you want when you're under pressure. Amazing. It sounds like you, you've deliberately gone out of your way to build trust because uh, the things that you've mentioned are the, the building blocks of trust as we see it. You know, it's, it's understanding people's intent, understanding the behaviours that they're exhibiting, but also their track record, their story, the where have they been and what have they done so that, you know, when, when, it, when tough times do come, you know you can rely on them because of the experiences that they've perhaps had in the past. And the, the, the story that um, I remember when we started um, Track Record quite a few years ago now, one of the initial kind of pushbacks we got was, yeah, but, 
you know, that's sport. You guys, you know, you it's easy in sport. I mean, you, of course you create teams in sport because, you know, you're on the same side. But, you know, business is different. Helen, is it different? <laughs> Tell us. Enlighten us. I think... Um... I, I feel really, really lucky to work at um, somewhere like Starling. For me, uh, a business doesn't need to be different at all. Um, I think business business can can be the same. So at Starling, uh, we've got a really great group of people, and um, there's a there's you can tell that everybody's there trying to pull in the same direction to achieve achieve something for for the bank. But also, the way the way it's all set up, I think really allows you to start we we try and form little small teams that are working on something to try and solve a problem and the energy that comes from getting a, a group of people together all all working together on a, on a common objective and and bouncing off each other it's, I get a real buzz from it and just uh, seeing other people's perspectives and strengths and, and pulling that together uh, and working in one direction is just it's, it's amazing and I I think that's what I got from my sport as well you know that that element of being really open and challenging each other but in a really respectful way because you've got this common thing that you're trying to achieve but you just the outcome from the team then just becomes really incredible so we've we've got this method of working where we we have these you know small objectives within the bigger one and you get mm -hmm. together and and it just creates a really empowering uh environment you mentioned luck there at the beginning of that and I imagine there's maybe a tiny element of luck but I imagine there's a lot of you recognizing what you where you maybe operated best or the environments that you were looking for in order to kind of deliver the way you want to and often we see in business, it's no surprise when there's a really like-minded, very empowered group of leaders and they've all had different experiences and kind of ended up in one place. Mm. And then it's almost like the dream for them to be around those type of people. What, what do you think have been things that you can identify to say, yes, I know that that's the right environment for me. And yes, I'm seeking that in others, or that's what I like to, to allow me to then deliver in that same way. That's a really fascinating question. And I guess until you asked it, I don't think I actually realised that I was probably making those choices along the way. But but actually, um, what I sought out was that similar approach, which is focus on what you're trying to achieve. And there's a real um, there's a real focus where at Starling now on on doing the things that make a difference and, and not doing the things that you know actually don't make a difference so um we have little rules like you're not allowed to do a powerpoint and it might sound silly but there's a reason behind it because actually by spending your time on that you're not actually focused on what you're building for your customer so um it, what, what i've realized is i wanted to be in that environment where my energies were focused on the outcomes and then the culture of the company is one which creates that effort in the right areas um, and takes away all of those things that actually don't contribute to that end performance and I guess I I guess I knew what I particularly liked and enjoyed and then um, yeah I've made choices I guess in my career that have, have got me to this this place. Same kind of question to you Serena but in in that 
I know that you've been in, in different teams over your career and made quite um, purposeful choices, almost like brave choices in some senses mm. about changing teams that maybe other people will be like, what on earth are you doing? <laughs> what, what was it for you that made you make those choices and sort of deliberately seek out those environments? Yeah, so I think for, for me it was <clears throat> a bit a bit like you, Helen, what you were saying just before around um, the fact, like kind of knowing how you like to operate and what you like, how you just how you like to go about achieving a goal. And for me, every time I set out in my career, from literally from when I was like sixteen, every time I've set out to achieve something, it involved taking a risk um, and changing things up and almost throwing myself into a bit of a sink or swim situation. Um, because that's what, this makes me feel alive, I suppose, um, as a, as a person, not only as an athlete. You know, new environments are so exciting. You know, and I've always seen change as something that's more exciting rather than something that's fearful. Um, and whilst I'm, people probably do think I'm a bit of a free spirit, I do calculate the risk as well. You know, I don't. I would never just put myself in the middle of the woods with no flashlight and no compass type situation, you know, I'd always kind of try and assess, okay, well, how deep can I go here to make sure that I can still keep a toe on the floor and still lift off and start to try and actually float in, in the water that I'm in. And, you know, I've always kind of looked at what I've got within my toolbox at the time and said, well, hey, you've been successful here. You've not been so great there, but maybe next time you will be if you just have another go at it. And I've never seen failure as a reason to not try something again as well. So for that reason, for me, I've, I've just been like, oh, okay, right, let's just pop to the next one. And it's almost mm -hmm. that, I suppose, gaining, uh, and that it takes a little bit of, of time to, under, to kind of gauge your own boundaries, but understanding when maybe you've done enough in one chapter and moved on to, to the next. And, you know, I'd never spend just six months or a year doing something. I'd give it a good go, a proper go. And my, one of my mottos is like 110%. Try and give more than what 100% is. So that when you leave something, you know you've given it all you've got. And as long as I've done that, I, I can leave that chapter, no matter how good, bad or ugly, and start the next one knowing that I've given it my own and I've taken the lessons and the failures and the successes into into whatever next it is. And when you were speaking about mentors, Helen, I'd be interested to know kind of some of the lessons that you've, you've learned or taken from them because um, one of my you know biggest influences on netball um, I, when I was making a decision to move back to the UK um, which was quite big so I was at a successful club in Sydney and I was like oh I'm not sure whether it's the right decision and you know do I do it I've got a partner now it's not just me that's involved in this I've got my life expanding you know and Lynn her name is Lynn Gunson she just sat me down on the phone and said look Serena who you are and what you do you'll take wherever you go one environment doesn't define you who you are and I was like oh, you're totally right you know and it was so it was such a it's such a simple but powerful thing to say because she's right you know when you're in a world at the moment now where you can be in Sydney in a day or you know you could be go to Hong Kong and Germany in, in two or three days who you are you have to take it with you and one job or one event or one one team doesn't define who you are you'd get to decide that and I suppose in in having that piece of knowledge and that affirmation through my, that mentor I was just like right I'll take that everywhere with me now you know because it's, it's she's completely right and I've just kind of just moved on from from that and that's that's the motto I'll continue to live by as long as my 100 mm. as long as my uh, 110 percent I think yeah. <laughs> I love that story Serena and and funnily enough um I had a mentor who 
who did something very similar not quite not quite exactly the same words but i can really relate to what you're saying because um in in an env environment that i was working in at a particular time i'd got quite a senior role and i was in quite a, a male dominated environment and i was getting feedback around certain behaviors and and, uh, and adopting a certain way to try and make an impact and i sought out a particular mentor who just said to me actually you'll have the greatest impact if you're true to yourself and you're not trying to be something so find you know find a way to to be yourself in that environment not trying to be something else uh, and and she helped me through that and it, it it's really stood with me ever since because i i've realized that that um you know, the talk about gravitas i guess and, and that ability to convey that comes from being true to yourself really and i, I just it made a huge difference to me one person made a massive difference. That's incredible. And like the way that we would describe that is through identity, being able to really kind of understand what is your core identity driven by purpose and values and, and all those kind of things. And it sounds like you both had this kind of revelation moment um, and realizing that kind of adapt, constantly adapting to the environment around you is perhaps not the ideal way, but being able to know who you are and being flexible and being able to adapt your identity rather than trying to completely adapt to the environment. I love the other thing you said, Serena. I was sat here thinking of times like it doesn't all go smoothly. You know, there's ups and downs and there's things that you think are failures and are terrible at the time. But to always learn something from it and and, and then take it forward as, as you go, it's it, it stands you in good stead. Serena, you know, you, you are still very much uh, on the court and, you know, playing in incredible um, high levels of um, netball. But you are starting to think about, you know, you, you do have, you know, I love your chapter analogy. So you're right in the middle of a chapter right now, but you've got a second book that you're just starting to kind of flick through around uh, leadership coaching. And we've, you know, had some amazing conversations around it. And you've gone into the, the kind of the business world and started to, to look and, and see what that experience is like and how you can affect and uh, inspire and, and, you know, work your magic in that world. What's your initial reflections stepping into that kind of alien environment? Yeah, well, it's completely new uh, and exciting as well. And I've, I've loved, um, you know, just it's very, look, the people, I think, in business are so different, you know, to some of my teammates and people I've met along the way, you know, through netball. So, you know, and a lot of very pragmatic people, people who like to work through like lists and like a lot of order and I'm very chaotic. So like that's been a complete change for me, get trying to get to know people who just work and think in a different way. And it's been fascinating actually, like, you know, just to, to see how people operate on such a grand scale as well in terms of the teams that they work in, some of the, through, you know, through some of the limited experience I've had and, you know, seeing how they communicate to each other or, or don't actually sometimes or, you know, or how they might review things or catastrophize certain scenarios where, you know, as an athlete, you're taught constantly to try and stay level headed and look at, look at maybe the, the, the stats that are going to best affect your game to make improvements. Um, it's just really interesting to see how the business world works and, 
actually, you know, what Helen said at the beginning um, of this podcast, again, really resonated with me because when you were saying there is no differences between business and sport, I actually am starting to feel the same as the longer I kind of stay within this this space, I suppose, and move into this space a bit more. Um, it's all, it is all the same, you know, and how bizarre is that? How, how there are so many parallels and similarities and things that you can take from both to- totally different industries, but they're so close together at the same time, because again, you know, in my opinion, again, it's to do with people, you know, you're servicing people, you're selling products to people, um, they're, they're everywhere, you're working with them, you're communicating with them, you know, so that's that in a way, I suppose, is what I've been doing my whole life with netball, and again, slightly different space, but, you know, to achieve a goal, to have a common purpose, to understand your whys, it, it, it's all the same, you know, and I, that for me is so exciting, because I've been trying to find something that gets the blood pumping like a game day you know i think that's the one thing that i've been told and slash starting to understand that once you leave sport um it's really hard to replace you know that 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 thrill of of a game day or um, a high pressure situation but i i feel like there's i'm getting almost the same if not more at the moment because it's so new to me if anything i get more nervous <clears throat> and a little bit more anxious around around the environments at the moment which is great because i'm like oh, how am i going to react to this um yeah. so you know it's been a massive uh, you know, growth ex- like period for me um and it will continue to be um i think forever you know this is the way that helen still talks about it she's still learning and growing and the one thing i've always feared is is to to be in a space where I stop growing, because I think that's, that's more scary. I'd rather challenge myself and keep growing and stay safe in, in the same place. So yes, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a really exciting um, period of my life. I was say, I'm not kind of in a similar, I guess, taking that sort of almost challenge at the end of that and applying that to you. How would you, Helen, how are you, how are you thinking of this? If we talk about using Serena's language next chapter, if you're in a team where you feel like you're functioning as you want to, you're able to do the role that you want to, it feels like everything's come together. How do you create that same sense of challenge or next competition for yourself um, and really feel like you're still learning? Yeah, I, th- I think that that's a really great question. And I think in my career, I've probably experienced two or three different ways of achieving that. So um, currently at Starling, I mean, we're in a really high growth mode so like literally no two days of the same and I feel like I'm getting lots of game days Serena so I, <laughs> I, I, like seriously it's like brilliant and um I love I love the thrill of those types of days where you you focused on something and you get to the end of it and you go wow that was that was really great so I think sometimes the business environment can create that experience I think sometimes if you get into an environment where maybe you're in a more steady state I think there's always ways you can identify to challenge yourself so that might be you might try and challenge yourself by like volunteering to pick up a project that's outside of your team or going going and working alongside another team or or, you know just just pushing yourself a little bit and asking if you can help somebody else because you never know what might come from that so I would always encourage somebody to go and sort of volunteer or knock on a door or, or even just have a coffee conversation because you know something might stimulate from that or is to go and, and volunteer or try something. So when I when I got to a certain point in my career, I then volunteered to help set up um set up and run the Women in Business Network because I really wanted to help empower more women uh, in their roles in financial services. And 
for me, there was always this big thing around. I think a lot of women felt that they didn't have a lot of confidence. And actually, the more I started talking to them, I realized that it's not that they're not confident. Like all these people are holding down like these really incredible jobs. You know, these are really amazing people. Uh, but their confidence was more situational than it was in themselves. And so just just building little tools and techniques and support networks to help people realize their confidence. So I guess I guess what I'm saying is that I think there's always that you can always identify somewhere to grow. Sometimes it, it happens and sometimes you have to go looking for it. But I think I I think you can always find find a way. Helen, you, you keep it really quiet, but you were a teammate of mine uh, back in <laughs> Athens 2004. So like just an incredible um, Olympian yourself, having represented Team GB. And I'm intrigued to, to hear from you. What, what do you still draw upon? You know, getting to the, the pinnacle of your sport. Um, what what kind of almost kind of remains true in terms of what you developed as an athlete and what you now deliver as a leader in the business? I think um, there's there's so 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 much and um, like I I've, I'll always be really incredibly grateful for for my sporting um, career because it, it taught me so much as an individual. But like definitely resilience. So back to those good days and bad days. You know that ability to to recognize that the bigger goal is is still achievable if you just if you have a bad day um certainly something about focus um particularly in my sport a lot of the things i had to do was the calmness and the the stillness and the the mental focus i spent quite a lot of effort on the um concentration and focusing skills and that's been incredible just realizing just focus on something and, and get that achieved yeah. And, I, and I guess um, back to Serena's point, um, the teamwork side of it, because in business, you, you know, you can have individual success, but particularly in business, it is a team sport because you have to work with your colleagues around you. And and I just I love working in teams. I really do. I love, you know, I love getting to know people. I love bouncing ideas off them. And uh, and I yeah just really enjoy that environment so i could i could carry on david i think there's so much <laughs> but that's why i think people like yourselves and serena can can get into businesses and help them because i think there's so much to share and serena you know within your um coaching career um, and i'm talking about the business world rather than uh, on court where where have you found that you've been able to add most value as as a coach going into that new world yeah so one thing i've probably discovered in an area i really like working in is in and around like leadership but not just coaching leaders teaching or, or i suppose giving insights into the fact that just because you don't have a leadership role doesn't mean that you can't still be a leader and i think that's one thing that we constantly work on within our team i'm you know i'm for very fortunate to be a co-captain of england and you know my bath team but one thing that we really work on is actually develop is everyone leading in their own way because there will become a there will come a point whether it's on court off court that someone will need to step up so if you've only got two or three people who are capable of doing that you aren't really going to get very far to be honest so it's i think that's something i've 
I'm really passionate about and just I suppose just through some gaining some understanding and insight from my own, my own sport and understand starting to understand the parallels more now in business that's and that's an area where I feel like I could definitely add um, some value so I've yeah I've really enjoyed working with um, uh, a few people you know so far you know, look, right. looking at how they can develop more leaders within within their teams yeah one thing that really strikes um, me both of you one of the ways that you kind of create um, stretch and we call it agitation that kind of ability to kind of find motivation get that drive is, is having a super clear win in our language you know an ambition that is tangible that is kind of on the horizon that you want to deliver Serena you spoke about you know moving from one team to the next might be three or four years but you still have a very clear sense of what it is that you want to achieve and it sounds like the whole starling bank is on uh like a a very clear win and and each of the kind of sub teams have their own wins as well if we think about your next win and the thing that you like want to achieve now feel free to share that if you wish but you know feel free to also not if you think about what that win could be and the gap that you're currently sensing between where you are and where you want to get to. What are some of those gaps? We'd love to find out, like what are you kind of seeking out in terms of what you want to learn? Where are those new opportunities, Helen, that you're kind of going to be volunteering for or knocking down doors for or having coffees with? Um, what is it that, that, you know, is really driving your, your learning just now? Helen, I'll, I'll throw it to you first. Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm learning in so many ways. Um, I think the first area for me, actually, I was loving listening to Serena talk about getting everybody to be lead- leaders. You know, the team's really, my team's really fast growing and I'm working in the bank that's fast growing and and more and more I'm having to, you know, delegate and rely on other people and, and just empowering people and seeing them perform is really motivating. But like different people operate in different ways and it's really fascinating to see what motivates people. So this concept of of leadership and, and giving other people um, stretch and room to, to, you know, to be successful is definitely one for me that I've always really cared about and is is, is a win that I'm I'm looking for. There's so many win opportunities that we're going for in, in Starling. So we, we remain committed to, to growing really quickly and we're looking to go into Ireland and um, I look after uh, some of our retail and, and SME products and there's there's loads of great products coming out for businesses so so watch this space I've got so many wins to come to come there <laughs> keep watching Excellent. that's very exciting can't wait um, and Serena same for you yeah so I have a little bit similar to you Helen um, you know the one thing so I took a break from the sport you know for a year I wanted to get married that didn't happen because of Covid um, and just needed to take a bit of a mental physical break um, and in terms of me coming back into the sport, I really had to try and think about actually what it is that I really want to get to get out of this next few years before I retire. Because I'm, you know, I'm fortunate enough to win a, a gold medal at the Commonwealth Games, and it's really hard to know sometimes where to go from that when you've been working towards it your, literally your whole life. So, you know, for me, it, it's I would love to get another medal. I, w- I want to win another Commonwealth. I'd love to be a, a double um, achiever. And that would be incredible, not just for the sport, but for the country as well. Um, but then with, if that doesn't happen, which is a strong possibility, because that's just sport. And if I was to take that away, you know, I want to help other people 
become as good as they can be, you know, and I think that's the next challenge for me being a little bit older and a little bit grey and a little bit wiser. Um, you know, you can help other people achieve and I think that for me is something I'm really passionate about and I absolutely love some of the young talent coming through and they're just such good people, some of these girls, and if I can help them in any way try and become, you know, the best they can be, um, that for me would be just as good as, as winning another gold medal because that's what's driving me, I suppose, at the moment. That's something I'm, I am really passionate about. Um, and I suppose for me, again, you know, I want to be the best player in the world. You know, that's why I've, I've not really come back to be someone who just takes part. So um, I've always been someone who wants to have impact. And I got to a really good place where I was, I was in that kind of upper space before I did step away. So the aim is to get back up into there come come you know Commonwealth Games time um, and I'm working towards that but that's that's posing a lot of different challenges at the moment as well because now there's expectation and I understand where I can be and where I can get to and also would like to try and get beyond it so that's the next challenge for me in terms of how I keep motivating myself to, to push the the kind of mental barriers to keep to keep myself on on my toes knowing that I'm not in the best place where there's the best netball in the world so there's lots going on at the moment because my sport's not professional um so but i will get those wins just like you had and you seem very sure so i'm going to be very self-assured as well we'll get we'll get there yeah <laughs> can i ask you a question because i think what? that that concept of being motivated and pushing yourself what do you do to to motivate yourself and, and get yourself going yeah it's a good question so at the moment um i'm being extremely tough on myself um, and to, to a point where, where we, 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 in our last kind of series of test matches, you know, it wasn't, it, you know, we weren't at a level that I thought would be good enough to get a, to be meddling um, as a team or myself individually. My coach sat down next to me, she's like, Serena, like, what's, what's wrong? I said, look, Jess, I don't expect you to fully understand how I'm treating this, but this is the space I need to be in. So for the next six months, I can... I can push myself and I just kind of explained to her that it was a space where I almost cultivated a loss in my mind to motivate me to, to be to kind of, almost made up stories in my own head which could be <laughs> um, a little bit dangerous I suppose but I have got some psychology to support to, to help me with that but that's that's the space I feel like I need to be in now and I need to try and think what I'm doing is great but is it really enough you know and it's like having that, that next level of like curiosity to go okay but could you have done more here is this could, could have this been a little bit better just until I can get into a space where I can actually compete against the the top countries in the world because with COVID at the moment we've not been able to get those touch points and those reference points as a group or me as an individual so I, I I can't put myself in a space where I think it's good enough because it might not be and I don't know that yet I know that but I think that's the that's the mental space I'm kind of playing around with at the moment um, and, it's, and, and, I'm, and I'm really happy being in that space it's given me enough stress to get out of bed in the morning and to do my extras but then it's also given me putting me in a space where I can I, I can challenge myself but I can only do that I think now because I, I have that level of experience um, so that's yeah. really, that's really new for me because I'm a, I am a very positive person and I still am very positive, but I'm just really challenging that next, that next stage and kind of where mm. I really want to envision myself being. And I've got this vision in my mind of how I can see myself playing. And until that starts to come to fruition, I'll probably continue to play with that, that mental headspace of myself a bit. 
It's so interesting because we were chatting to um, a performance director of another sport in the first lockdown and his um, reflection was that it's totally changed the dynamic between coaches and athletes because coaches are so used to being all over what the athlete was doing, you know, micromanaging, in charge of training, watching the training. And suddenly, because of COVID, they can't see what's happening. So there's this really interesting power shift where athletes um, suddenly had this opportunity to kind of really take hold and ownership of what they were doing and almost then reporting back to the coach and then being in charge of the information and sharing it. And he said, actually, it's been incredible for some athletes who have suddenly had this sense of creating their own motivation rather than being motivated by someone mm. or and exactly like you're describing, almost in the absence of competition, having to set the bar for yourself every day. And you're setting that bar and you're having to reach it. And the parallel I think we've heard in business a lot through talking generally to people who are kind of um, used to being managed heavily um, by leaders or managers and suddenly there's this remoteness and it's like okay so I've got a chance here to take some ownership take some do things slightly differently organize my day differently you know just small things and some leaders have found that threatening you know they found that really challenging um, to let go of some of that control and others have been like it's it's absolutely changed fundamentally how we manage and how we lead and it is totally empowering and to your point Helen it's almost as a leader knowing when to get out of the way and knowing when to let go of things to allow opportunities for people to mm. to step up I'm just interested in your experience of, of COVID, I suppose, and, and what that's been like as a leader and how you've kept that connection, you've kept that motivation for teams, but also have you experienced any any changes in the dynamics? Oh, gosh, yes. Um, I think that, that for us, the first thing to say was um, that, well, we're a technology-based company and the ability to, to move out quickly when it all happened in March uh, last year I've never seen anything so smooth at all. Like within a week, we'd got all our customer service team operating entirely safely and supporting customers, and almost to the extent that we didn't see the blip. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, um, on the one hand, it was very simple and very easy, which which reflects the organisation and its ability to change and and the technology that was behind it. But on the other, of course, you wanting to support people, make sure their environments are safe, making sure that they're they're getting the support they need. So I think what we've seen is we've we've started to put a lot a lot more awareness and focus on effort onto those that support framework really. Um so in terms of regular communication, so we have a um a, a management call twice a week, Monday and Friday, where Anne as the CEO or other people go and talk about what they're doing and just keeps that all company communication going. But then really regular touch-ins between not just managers and employees, but teams. And um, and we have a, a thing called donut time where you can pair up with somebody and, and have a donut, I guess. And it's just the little things like that, just to really check in with people and make sure that, uh, that they're okay. And I think we're going through another transition now because obviously people are starting to think about what it might be like if we can start going back to the office and what that might look like. So... I think for me, it's about the environment is changing. Different individuals have had different challenges. So some people like myself have got children and that, that's been a challenge and others have been on their own or others have been in house shares or flat shares. And then they've not, you know, there's been lots of different environments and different people needing different support. 
and the ability to understand each individual and, and give them what they need has, has been really important. And do you think it's changed um, if you were to reflect on your own style or performance or, you know, the way you tend to interact? Do you think it's changed anything about how you engage with people or do anything differently in, in a leadership style? I think there's probably a couple of things that I've found I've changed in that uh, we have a lot more conversations about what the priority is um, because um, not that they weren't happening before and we didn't know them, but because the teams are dispersed, it's it's like really making sure that we are focused on all of the same objectives because that drives the efficiency. So there's a lot of conversations about that. And then a lot more individual conversations that aren't just about the work. It's about the the what, what do you want to achieve? How are you feeling? So it's, not that I never did it before, but it's I've it's given it more of a focus for, for the better, I think. And I'll take that with me. Well, I can't believe the time. It's nearly an hour that we've been uh, talking for. We've covered such a, an array of topics um, uh, and interesting areas. And I'm just going to ask... Um, Catherine to give us a summary in terms of what uh, she's taken from the session but before I do I always like asking this question um, to you both which is as a result of having this conversation what have you either kind of re-remembered realized you know what kind of things are you going to do as a result of having this conversation that perhaps you wouldn't have done Um, and I'm going to go straight to you Helen uh, put you on the spot I'm going to say two things uh, one yeah. is I'm absolutely buzzing. I've absolutely loved the last hour. I've enjoyed talking to you about and Serena and just like hearing your stories. And it's just, it's been a really nice, a nice hour. And I think that the other thing for me that's really stuck is um, sometimes, Serena, I find that I get motivated by almost a fear of failure or a fear of it not going, you know, I set my ambitions really high. And sometimes then I beat myself up because I, I think, oh, am I picking up on the negatives? But actually you've made me realise that I use that to push myself and that I should uh, keep seeing it as a positive. So there you go. I'm going to go away from here reminding myself that those worries and fears are what keeps driving me. So thank you very much. Yeah. Using stress as a performance advantage as we like to... Yeah, that's our that's our take on it anyway. Uh, Serena, what about you? Yeah, no, likewise, I've loved this last hour and I feel like I could sit down in a coffee shop with you, Helen, and just uh, put the worlds to rights and so much. So maybe we'll do that one day. Um, I think for me, speaking to someone, you know, who has been at the pinnacle of their sport, who has put, you know, put a lot of effort into one thing and understands, you know, commitment and focus and drive and then seeing someone be successful in that, like yourself, and go into their, ne- their next chapter it's been something that's been really powerful for me actually because I've, I've not you know in netball we've uh, quite a few of our athletes they go on to do some great things but you know it takes takes some you know rx athletes quite a while sometimes to find the things that they really love and you already have that and i feel like i've found that now so i feel really lucky to so i kind of feel like a little bit similar to yourself in terms i found a couple of things in my life that won't really feel like work, you know, still once, you know, because I found them, you know, whilst I've still been playing. So it's quite inspirational for me to actually talk to you and see the things that you've taken into the next chapter and actually how you've applied them, like, practically in what you do 
is great because I think that's something that I've been asking myself, you know, how am I going to apply these things that I've learned in sport and take them into the, the next things that I do and, and you're doing it and, and not only you, you're killing it, you know, you, you, your growth is like this, we've, we've discussed it um, in this last hour. So I think for me, like, it's great just to hear, um, you know, someone like yourself, a female success story. Um, and yes, I mean, and just seeing that you absolutely love it. I think that I was really drawn into you um, at the beginning of the conversation is hearing you talk about your passion and that's your work. So how cool is that? Um, so yeah, thank you for that. It's been brilliant. I'm, I'm definitely up for a coffee. If we get out of lockdown, definitely up for a coffee. <laughs> or maybe a, a Starling Donut. Maybe. Yeah. maybe. Starling Donut, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine, what have, what have you taken? Um, yeah, I think it's it's always fascinating to me to chat to people who are really passionate about what they do because it's so obvious from the energy, from the way you talk, from just how, as you said, it's Serena, you know, it's engaging. And for both of you, that's really obvious when you when you hear you speaking. So um, total privilege to speak to people who have followed their passion mm. and are continuing to live it and continuing to raise the bar for themselves and creating an environment I'm sure for others to do the same and and really for me just the standout bit is you know striving to be the best version of yourself and that becomes you know comes through really strongly from both of you so um, incredible parallels from sport and business as always but more interestingly for me it's really the the power of finding your passion and then almost unashamedly going after it and knowing that that's where you should be and so that was the, the really great bit for me on the chat. Amazing. Well, thank you both uh, for sharing such wonderful stories and being so open with us uh, over the last little while. Um, and thank you too for those listening to uh, this podcast. That's been another incredible conversation that we've had the privilege to, to be able to be part of. Um, and look forward to hearing you next time.